Hey everybody, welcome back to Cryptids Decrypted. Just a quick note before we get started today. If you like the show and you're enjoying it, the best way to let us know is to rate us, if possible, on iTunes or wherever you're listening. Some platforms don't have ratings. Uh, share it with your friends and then, you know, just hit us up on social. Be like, hey, I, I really like this. Or in the case of our most recent review, you know, it said, I'd rather eat poop. One star. And I think that, you know, that, that's a fair review. And uh, if you've got an opinion like that, share it because we love it. I actually think I might put that review on some merch. One more quick note, if you want to catch up on my books, now is the perfect time because I've got a sequel coming out this fall. It's a continuation of The Adventures of Nick Fentner, a drunk monster hunter who just likes firing harpoon guns, uh, filling his flask, making summoning circles, doing all sorts of weird shit. It's like Indiana Jones with a little bit of magic and a lot more booze. I have a lot of fun writing them. It seems like people have a lot of fun reading them. So if you want to catch up now, it's a good time. The second book is going to be out this fall and I'll have more information on that as we get closer. That's enough yammering for me. Enjoy the episode. So this is episode nine of season two of Cryptids Decrypted. We're doing uh, cinema decrypted again, and oh boy. cryptid cinema. Cryptid I cinema, you know. Yeah, that's right. You know, I can, I can never remember the titles. It's been a while since we did Harry and the Hendersons. Like, it's been a longer than expected season, which I wanted to start off by saying, I'm sorry that we've been less inconsistent, or we've been less consistent with the seasons, but it's hard to get into the mood to record these days sometimes, so. Also, I would like to cut in and say that it was a deliberate decision to hold off for the past few weeks um, and maintain radio silence. Yeah, that's a good point too. Yeah, it was not the time to be putting out a, a podcast about a really shitty Chupacabra movie, and there's still a lot happening in the world that means it's never going to be a good time, but you know, here we are. Man, shitty is being kind. Yeah. Fuck 2020. Oh, I meant the movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, fuck the movie and fuck 2020, but yeah, let's. So, so let's get into it. Uh, we. We watched a movie called Chupacabra Territory, and the reason we picked this is we were going to do Guns of El Chupacabra, but it turns out that movie is like $50 to find some bootleg or DVD copy somewhere. And, you know, I don't want to spend $50 on a shitty sci-fi movie, so we're like, let's go with something that the users can listen to, or the users can watch as well. So Chupacabra Territory is free if you have Amazon Prime. And you can go watch it there. Yeah. John, why, why don't you tell us a bit about Chupacabra Territory? What is this movie about? Sure. So um, I opened the like the flag page for this on Amazon Prime. And it's like title sequence is the Chupacabra is real. Four friends set out to find it. Will they survive? And I immediately knew I was in for, for something bad because, man, that's like an eighth grader turning in a project that he had forgotten about until 10 minutes before. Like, it's just, it's it's terrible. But um, Chupacabra Territory is about four friends, Amber, Dave, Joe, and Morgan, uh, who set out to the surrounding woods, pinewood forests around Lake Emerald, California, Lake Emerald being Chupatown after many um, cow mutilations and animal mutilations uh, thought to be caused by a chupacabra. So they set out to find this mythical creature and it is found footage. It's a sea sea level horror movie that was just not not great. Yeah, no, it was um this was an interesting one to watch. I know the last one we did was Harry and the Hendersons and that was like, you know, that's a triple A movie right there. But this one this one is not. 
And just, you know, for if you didn't listen to the last, uh, you know, Cryptid Cinema, the basic format, we're going to go through some of our likes, dislikes about the movie, crazy, crazy shit that's in it. And then we're going to break down how how true it is to the myth. And in this film, it's got it's got a lot of places that it diverges from the Chupacabra myth. And before we get into it, just if you want to know more about the Chupacabra, we've got two episodes up. We have a history of the mystery uh, of the Chupacabra with John and I breaking it down. And then I've got an interview with Benjamin Radford, who literally wrote the book on the Chupacabra. He is the first person to go and interview the witness uh, of the first Chupacabra sighting and actually kind of tie it back to the, the movie species, which is a wild ride. So go go check that out. I mean, do you want to give cliff notes on the Chupacabra before we jump into this? Or do you want to Yeah, Yeah, sure. So the uh, Chupacabra is a blood-sucking animal that originates from Puerto Rico, but has actually been sighted a lot in the southern U.S., uh, especially along the uh, Mexico border. It generally is known for sucking the blood out of its victims and mainly livestock, so leaving livestock drained and, you know, just strange strange deaths of animals and a lot of people finding other animals with mange or other things that they think look like the chupacabra but it's uh it's it's got a whole host of like weird characteristics some people say it walks on two legs like a man and looks more like an alien others say it looks more like a, a dog but they all seem to say it has glowing red eyes that it sucks blood and you know that's the basic gist of it Definitely trends on more of the sci-fi side of myths versus the spiritual. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's. Uh, I think it's tied a lot to aliens and government experiments and things like that. It's not necessarily thought of as a naturally occurring creature, and it's definitely not thought of as something that's spiritual or an origin, as you said. Which is interesting, because in this movie, Chupacabra Territory, from the outset, they, they are clearly taking a supernatural bend... <laughs> Uh, I think in the first five minutes, they introduced the character Amber as an amateur witch. And who boy, man, if we have any Wiccans that listen, don't don't watch this because you'll be pissed. It is just the most like caricature of what you would imagine a modern day witch is. She wears like a hoodie with cat ears and has like little straw people necklaces that she wears and is constantly talking about sacrifices and I don't know, wears a plaid skirt. She has a sacrifice kit that she brings with her places. <laughs> that's, that, that's right. Yeah, I, I noticed. So when they're when they're setting out to look for the chupacabra, the only thing that they talk about is that they brought beer and ceremonial sacrament kits. You know, the the only really the only part of this movie I found realistic is they they talk about the value of toilet paper. You know, probably three times, and that feels very appropriate given the 2020 shortage that we had earlier this year. Uh, oh, absolutely. They, thankful that we have toilet paper now but so so that's amber uh the other three main characters are dave joe and morgan dave being the cameraman who we don't see a lot and we don't really get a fix on his personality um except he's apparently into burnett's uh based on one scene where we'll get to it um joe is their fearless leader and i believe he's the his um actor is the one who wrote and directed the whole thing um, and he is a chupacabra believer. At one point, they're chasing a chupacabra through the woods at night. Uh, and then the last guy is Morgan, who is Ashton. I believe you coined this a Dimitri Mort or Dimitri Martin knockoff. Um, and he is just fucking obnoxious. Like yeah, his he's character a doesn't get through better. the whole film. <laughs> it's it's from the outset. It's just he is 
a very annoying character. Yeah, and so the main theme of this is they are a documentary camera crew that has received some sort of tip that there's a chupacabra in the area, and their goal is to go camping, I guess. They, they never really explain it, but they have like a couple of campsites set out, and they're going to go look for this creature. And one of their main sources is almost like a like a cryptid nomicon or you know like like the necronomicon <laughs> in from actual chupacabra skin like uh. it's so it's it's a sa- it's like a not not a sacrificial book but like a, like a spiritual book that's made of chupacabra skin very much so like the necronomicon and it allegedly has all the secrets of the chupacabra and the spiritual uh like underpinnings of that myth which is funny because none of those exist there, there are no supernatural underpinnings to the Chupacabra myth. That's something that is completely made up for this film. They call it like this ancient cryptid creature in the beginning, but the Chupacabra was never coined or, quote, discovered or cited until the eight, 1980s. Like, it's yeah, not Yeah, as far ancient. as like cryptids go, it's it's a baby. It's it's one of the, the newest cryptids that we have and, and one of the ones that has the least you know, historical significance behind it. (laughs) Absolutely. And then like, I don't know, there's a lot to this movie where it's like, they have the typical trope of pulling up to a gas station and there's a one-eyed man with an eye patch who like is actually like nice to them and isn't creepy, but he's like a parody of the dude from Cabin in the Woods at the very beginning, but almost like he's played by Dale from Tucker and Dale. Like that's the vibe I got. Yeah, it's really funny. This movie in general, it tries to toe the line between being a, a comedy and a horror film, and I'm not sure if that's intentional. Well, The Room was supposed to be serious. So yeah, yeah, keep that in mind. It definitely does feel like that a little bit. It feels, but I mean, like this, at least The Room, like I still enjoy watching that movie because it's just fucking bonkers. This one is, it has moments where it's almost good, bad, but it doesn't quite make it. There's no, you're my favorite customer moments. <laughs> yeah. Well, at the beginning, you know, so, so this whole movie, really, I think that the the setup for the director was was making a movie about sex, but didn't necessarily want to say outright it was a movie about sex. So they kind of guised it in this chupacabra thing. Like normally in a slasher film, of course, there's there's, you know, rowdy teens who are just trying to bang each other. And that's the whole plot line. But this this whole movie really is about the main director uh, wanting to get with his best friend Amber and like there's just this weird setup where she's his screensaver and yet they're just friends and it's just this kind of creepy obsession that progresses throughout the movie and then there's the there's also the obsession with genital mutilation uh, which, which is something they, they bring up a lot and it has nothing to do with the chupacabra the chupacabra yeah. has never been about removing genitals from the animals it kills like right. but but every single time they find a victim, it, like, uh, look at that it's dick's gone and then the <laughs> camera just feels this need to hover on it like I was yeah, it's like it I, always hovers on the mutilated genitals and then it like there's a lot of camera shots of just like ass tits and and skirt like that seems to be a lot of the director's goal with this movie it was a horny 15 year old who directed this apparently it was just man yeah. and like a bunch of like totally unnecessary scenes having that like ah yeah i it's so strange and like i want to go back to the genital mutilation for a second because that's that's obviously another thing that this movie got really wrong when you look at the you know and okay granted like we're, we're talking about a myth that we both 
are pretty sure is bullshit. Like, near 100%. It's one of the myths that we thought was uh, the farthest from true. But, if you you know, if you were basing this on the quote-unquote real sightings, uh, all of the, the livestock killing and all that, it's not messy when it's associated with the chupacabra. Like, it is very much like you would think of as a vampire. It's just a couple of puncture marks, and then the thing is drained of blood. The chupacabras aren't necessarily known for, like, ripping up bodies especially definitely not for taking their genitals and i mean that's not something that we've come across in like any myth uh, i think you know when looking at this it almost the way that they portray the chupacabra actually reminds me more of the jersey devil yeah i would definitely say that like at one point they talk about how the chupacabra regurgitates this like mucus that has a pathogen causing sepsis uh, and it like forces a victim to become a vessel of the chupacabra. Like one dude's dying of a rash the entire movie. It's it's yeah. Weird, so it's man. weird they have that possession angle where it's you know the chupacabra is possessing people through its saliva, and and that's really strange. But then you've also got like yeah that that saliva they, they talked about it being reminiscent of a komodo dragon. So like you know if if you're going to embellish on the myth that that's an okay way to do it like pulling from real life creatures but it's it's also just a strange direction for this myth to go well and that's what's weird so so there's this park ranger in the movie that is just like ripped straight out of super troopers um like <laughs> to- it's the totally shenanigans is. guy from super troopers um apologies for not knowing his name i really should but he is like brutally murdered at one point slightly off camera and do all the murders with the Terrible blood effects are just horrible. Um, but I don't know what we signed up for. You know, this is what we signed up for with a movie called Chupacabra Territory. Uh, yeah, but then, like, known. so he's he's killed, and then, like, you see him shambling along at another point because he's become a vessel for this Chupacabra, and it's like, but he looks fine, but he was, like, brutally... It, it, so the bodies yeah. then, like, heal themselves? I don't know, man. Yeah, there's, like, the weird zombie-type zombie thing. The Amber, the the witch, is weirdly, like... I don't even know how to describe it, but, like, she, she basically runs off into the forest to masturbate a few times during the film. Like, completely like, out of left field. And apparently that has something to do with the chupacabra. And, and now, I'm not sure... <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that's definitely not something in the myth either. And it was just like uh, another sign that this is definitely a film made by horn dogs because they, they were just like, you know what? What if, what if the chupacabra made people run off into the woods to masturbate? What if that was one of the things it did? Would you would you watch that in a movie? Dude, what what are the Wendigos doing using voices? They should take a page out of this chupacabra. Yeah, you want to get know, somebody I- alone. Well, that's one way to do it. You know, it's funny that you mentioned the Wendigo. That was actually one of my initial notes, too. Is, so th- this this movie feels almost like a hybrid between a Wendigo and a Chupacabra. Uh, or a Wendigo and a Jersey Devil, rather. Because it has the possession aspects of the Wendigo, where it, and it picks vessels out of people, and they're possessed, and they kind of have, like, these hedonistic impulses, which is very much so, like, that is a Wendigo characteristic, for sure. And then it's got the spiritual aspects of the Jersey Devil. But, you know, gosh, I, there, there are so many weird things I've, I've written down about this movie. Uh, the, the sex scenes are, there's, there's a few of them. There, there are some that are just fucking hilarious and amazing. Uh, there's, there's one where 
people are having sex and uh, you, you just kind of see from the camera's perspective somebody getting murdered not 10 feet away. And the woman just says, Fred, it's now or never. <laughs> so, well, to be fair, that that was the park ranger walking up shambling who had already been murdered. And then you have this weird dude in a gas mask who, you know, you're not supposed to know is he good or bad. But it's like he's obviously good because he's taking care of these zombies like... Uh, yeah, they, they do do a gag. So, you know, throughout this film, so they're they're hiking through the forest and they, they encounter uh, one other group of campers. But I, I guess we should take a step back. They were they were stopped from entering the forest by this uh, very zealous park ranger who like it, which that is actually something that kind of reminds me of the myth a little bit, because it does feel like at the beginning there's this uh Almost like a government cordon where they're like, don't come into the area. Nothing nothing to see here. Please move along. Uh, but they really never do anything with that. They just kind of, it's like, the only people out there are one park ranger and one guy in a gas mask. So clearly it's not some government operation like they make it out to seem. And, you know, part of that's probably due to casting budget. But it's not really ever resolved why they're blocking off this area in particular. Well, and, and here's the thing, though. I don't... I don't think it's government because they had said, oh, he's it's the embodiment of, like, the darkness. Yeah. And then that comes up multiple times. It comes up from the eye patch guy in the beginning. They repeat it back. It comes back from whatever the spirit is. I think the park ranger was just like, legitimately, no, you will die if you go in here. Don't do it. This biologist and I are trying to hunt these things down. Yeah, that that's the other thing is is he calls him a biologist. Uh the it's just a guy in camo with a gas mask and a big gun and he's like, This this biologist is helping me. Yeah. Which <laughs> made no sense. He's like, okay. Okay, so he's the biologist. But yeah, as as you know, as the movie progresses, of course, you know, all, all, we know all from the beginning, from the outset, they tell you all these people are gonna die. Because it's a found it's a found footage film. But the only the only part that I even came close to liking was there's a, a scene where the dipshit Dimitri Martin knockoff is, you know, he's kind of like talking about what the chupacabra does to his vi- to its victims. And he's he's drunk and making a joke out of it. But then they keep cutting back and forth to exactly those things happening to the other group of campers. And it's like that had potential to be very funny if the timing was right and if the dialogue had just been like a little bit better. But it's uh, that, that's the closest this movie gets to good, and it was still pretty far from it. Yeah, I tend to agree. I don't know. If there's something in your tent, why would you slowly crawl into the tent? And then if you see your friend was pulled into said tent and there's blood everywhere in the tent, why would you be then like, is she okay? Let's follow her in. Like, I... Yeah. God damn it. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's a horror film, so I'll I'll give them like you know, people in horror films do dumb shit, but I mean, this is some of this stuff takes the cake. You know, when the when they do finally encounter the chupacabra, like it it does kill people, but then weirdly, at one point, it just like wrecks their camp and like eats all their shit like a raccoon. Well, they put out the raccoon urine. Yeah, that's right. You know, so that's another thing is like they say, oh yeah, raccoon urine. Of course, that's going to attract the chupacabra. Which uh, I never really followed the logic jump there, but... uh, They just kind of said it when they were driving up. And then, like, this circle of salt, the chupacabra wouldn't cross, 
So apparently salt repels chupacabras, which again is supernatural and spiritual and not anything based in the myth. Like it was. Well, you know, there, there's this documentary book, uh, like I believe it was a true story. It's called Whiteout. And if I learned anything from that, it's you stay in the salt circle. Uh, you need, you never leave the salt circle, but yeah, it's, uh, it's weird. It's weird that they added all these supernatural elements. Yeah. And then I just want to say these, this group of people, um, they are terrible at shotgunning beers. Yeah, they are. They are terrible at shotgunning beers. Their, their form is terrible. They're putting the air bubble at the mouth of the can as opposed to the bottom when they poke a hole in it so beer spouts everywhere like yeah i think that's what took me that that's it that's the part that took me out of it as well so the movie concludes like the the whole movie is them trying to get to these campsites they eventually get there they have a few encounters with the chupacabra weirdly trees almost fall on people and they don't really explain that uh either it was a trap oh the oh even the trees falling were traps okay so everything was trapped yeah so the, the gas mask biologist had also laid out Ewok-style traps uh, all over the forest. <laughs> and, like, yeah, I mean, it's just, like, fucking hell. Uh, so, so we come to the, the climax of this movie, and, and I do mean climax because... Well, hang on. Before you jump into that, I do want to say that the whole thing started with them, quote, doing a ritual from the book where Amber is possessed briefly by again quote the darkness and then like telling them that i don't know they can she or they can feel her inside of him and then he knows their names which doesn't make a ton of sense and yeah and then yeah there's like a weird demonic possession scene like yeah and halfway then, into the movie where it's just like what is happening well, it wasn't halfway. It was at the end. It was right before the climax because... Oh, that's a good point. What happens yeah. next, Ashen? Oh, yeah. What happens next is uh, she comes out of that, that weird uh, exorcist-style trance and then decides that the only way for her to communicate with the chupacabra again is to is to fuck. So she says, I require stimulation. Meet me in your tent. And Not just meet is, me, but in your tent now. In front yeah, of like the other Yeah, in your two tent dudes. right now. And there's like there's a guy dying. This is a guy very clearly dying. They've seen murder and they decide, you know what? Like to make contact with a chupacabra. Clearly we got a bone. So they run to the tent. Uh, the whole movie, everybody's wearing GoPros. And some for some reason, they leave them on. Probably because, again, the filmmaker really wanted to have a sex scene with this person in it. it. It's pretty creepy. It goes on for way too long. And it's like juxtaposed against the murder of two of the other uh, campers. Like pretty brutally. Again, it was like soft core. Like we didn't need to see any of it, and it's like multiple positions, and like I, I just it was unnecessary. You could it's have had so that long. entire thing just with moans from the tent, and like, cool, that's it, that's good. Now we see the other two dudes die, and it was it was weird. And yeah, then it was like weird because they just kept cutting back and forth. Like they they were like, we will cut back and forth between the sex and these people dying over and over again because clearly it's important, and and like in the end, it doesn't do anything. Like, it doesn't actually serve the plot of the movie at all. It doesn't help them find the Chupacabra again. Right. They did, and then They just they, happen to find their friend dead. They finish up, and she's like, Morgan's in trouble. He needs our help. And then he, <laughs> Joe goes, yeah, but can't we, like, cuddle for a few minutes? That's <laughs> like, right. Yeah, that's, that's when I think this movie actually thought it was a comedy, at least partially. But, like, whew. 
absolutely painful throughout. And, uh, you know, of course, in the end, they're brutally murdered by the Chupacabra. And they're almost rescued by Gas Masked Man. But then he gets killed, too, and there's, like, a horde of Chupacabras that ends up eating everybody alive. Well, well, hang on. They get rescued by Gas Masked Man. Yeah. He dies. And then they get rescued by Eyepatch Guy. Oh, that's right. his friend, who we've literally never seen in the movie, like, and then everybody dies. (sighs) Yeah, I forgot. God, I forgot about that. Yeah, so they get rescued twice, and then everybody dies. And, uh, you know, then we uh, cut to credits. And... Both John and I have lost, you know, an hour and a half of our lives that we're never going to get back. Yeah, you know, Ashton, I've, I haven't always been the best person when it comes to the uh, beneficial use of my time. Um, I've, I've played a number of terrible video games. I've watched The Room twice. Um, I've contemplated watching Trolls 2, and I've read two of the three Golden Compass books, which is time I will never get back. Um and this might take the case for the worst hour and a half I have ever wasted. I don't I don't know if it so I've watched a movie called Gay Bed and Breakfast of Horror that was pretty bad. But this is definitely like it's close to the bottom of my list. And yet it has a three and a half stars on Amazon. I don't get that. Yeah. Yeah, surprisingly, again, didn't have very many critical reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, and the only one it did have was pretty damning. But let's let's just do a real quick breakdown. What the movie got right. What it got wrong from my from my perspective, the things it got right was that the the interviews that they have with farmers at the beginning uh, describing the chupacabra attacks are absolutely ridiculous. But so are the real life accounts. Like if you if you look up the interviews with people who've seen the chupacabra, they are bonkers. So I was like, all right, point to you. Uh, it's strong. It's fast. It has burning eyes. Yep, all those are characteristics of the myth that totally matches up. And then suspicious. Shadow government involvement. Yeah, that also tracks. Puncture what marks it, in the neck everywhere. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's correct. But then the list of what it got wrong is like, holy fuck, it's so long. Uh, they say at the beginning the Chupacabra is a collector of artifacts. That never comes up in the movie again, which is probably why we haven't talked about it. But they, they say that, and that's not true. Uh, it likes to bring victims to its lair to sodomize them. Nope, just another example of this movie being obsessed with sex. I thought that uh, was a joke and he was trying to fuck with his friend. I thought they were reading that from the book. Oh, no, I thought he was just, Joe was just being a dick. It's entirely possible because I, you know, I will say my attention span in this movie was short. <laughs> yeah, short. I also get that with this movie they, they could have been. But it's hard continue, to tell. Because what, what they got right, yeah, you ticked off all the things on my list. Um, just the red eyes in the dark. You said burning red eyes, so I wanted to clarify that on my end, but please please keep going. What else did they get wrong? Chupacabra as a spiritual being? Nope, it's not. Uh, chupacabra can create other chupacabras by spitting on humans or biting them? Nope, not a zombie. It's not how that works. Salt is a chupacabra deterrent? Maybe if it's a chupacabra with high blood pressure, but otherwise, nope. Uh, chupacabra takes testicles and mutilates the bodies? Nope, not, not a thing. And then this, and then so that's that's what I have for wrong, and I have some that are in between. But do you have any that were wrong that uh, I missed? They are like pink baby head looking things. Um, I thought <laughs> they were so either... weird looking creature. Yeah, I in thought they movie. were like black when I think of the chupacabra or canine. But the shape of the creature's head and the look of it, when we did get 
an okay shot at it because everything was done off camera for the chupacabras and then you had weird glimpses at it and man the practical effects were bad um yeah it had like like weirdly big teeth it had like very thick teeth uh kind of like a big grin and it was like pink i guess what we can post a picture to instagram for you to see yeah and giant giant like claws but also um the one thing i think i i wanted to put down is they're wicked fast the one thing I don't think we've ever seen is that they climb around trees like monkeys and jump from branch to branch. Yeah, that was weird. Definitely not the canine version of the chupacabra for sure. Uh, you know, because it's fucking canine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, no thumbs. Uh, so that's not happening. Yeah, the, the other things like for in between facts where I was like, uh, half and half. In the movie, the chupacabra footprints are bigger than a human hand. I don't think that's right. I don't even think that's right based on what they showed of the creature in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, like the, the the footprints were much bigger than a human hand when they showed them, and then the creature itself was pretty small. Um, they say the chupacabra is a territorial creature. I've never seen anything about that. If like Usually it's like kind of sneaky, if anything. So being territorial doesn't really make sense, especially if it's, you know, rare or endangered. Yeah, the territorial part threw me off. Like, chupacabras attack things because they're feeding. Yeah. Like, that was yeah, my, my driving purpose is why are these packs of chupacabra killing people? And Like, what's what's the animal instinct there? And I think it goes back to, well, it's spiritual. They embody the darkness. They embody... Oh, yeah. God, and it's weird. like, well, why would they take the genitals? And it's like, well... Mm. Like, that, there's still no explanation for that other than, like, I don't know, it's demonic, guys. The last thing I had was uh, the Chupacabra call. Uh, you know, sure, I'll give it to him. It kind of sounds like some of the YouTube videos I've seen, which, uh, you know, are fake as shit. So, really, who's to say? Yeah, I didn't understand why we needed a, a Chupacabra call. Uh, I mean, like, whatever, it builds tension. And again, it's all bullshit anyway. So, it's like, you know, what they got right and wrong. Chupacabra's not real. Uh... Pretty, pretty definitively is not real. Uh, but the but, myth is pretty established. Yeah, the myth is definitely pretty established. And, you know, so the other thing, too, is the, the humanoid accounts of the chupacabra are very different than what's portrayed in the film. The film portrays it as, like, the weird pink alien baby with giant teeth. And when the chupacabra is described as humanoid in the, the real world, it's such a weird sentence. Uh, it is, like you said, John, it's black, it's muscular, it's almost like kind of like scaly or armored uh like the creature in the movie species because that's that's what it is it's based on that so with with that in mind uh overall john what what's your rating of this film who would you recommend it to if anyone you know if i was a writer for ign i'd say it's a seven out of ten (laughs) (laughs) sorry (laughs) that's fair it's a cheap shot but it's a good shot (laughs) It's like a it's like a two out of it's like a two out of five. Um, yeah, I, I would say it's a two out of five because there were some enjoyable moments, and as much as I'm shitting on it, like I don't know, I was somewhat entertained. I wanted to see how these dudes died. I the sex was gratuitous, over the top, and completely unnecessary. But again, I've watched the room twice. I've seen absolutely completely super duper over the top and gratuitous sex scenes and this doesn't even take the cake um i would recommend it to somebody who 
really, really, really enjoys bad movies um, and likes the Chupacabra. And if you're stoned and want to watch something just completely mindless, this is your jam. Yeah. But I would also recommend Tucker and Dale vs. Evil before this a thousand times. Like, watch that movie a thousand times and then watch this. I, I would have to agree with that. I'd say that my ranking is probably somewhere around a 1.5, 2 out of 5. It, it's pretty low. Uh, I would recommend it as a drinking game, and I've come up with a few rules. So if you do decide to watch this because, you know, it, whatever, it's free and it's quarantine, and you want to drink, uh, great great drinking rules. Drink anytime the camera focuses on something creepy, like it just has like a lingering ass shot or something like that. Drink anytime Amber mentions the fact that they've seen sign of the Chupacabra, like this is their first real sign of the Chupacabra. Does that like 50 times? Gosh. Anytime well, drink- there are boobs. Any Anytime there are boobs, of course, because that happens a few times. Uh, anytime, what's, it, what's, what's the ass bucket's name? Yeah. Anytime Morgan asks to leave... Or says the Chupacabra isn't real. Yeah, yeah. Drink every time Morgan says he wants to leave, and every time he says the Chupacabra isn't real. Uh, between those five rules, you'll be shit-faced in probably like 30 minutes. Or also include um, upskirts of Amber. Oh, yeah, God. There's there's so many. It's such It's so creepy, the way that they shot this film. Especially, like, knowing that the, the character that the filmmaker plays is obsessed with Amber, like, it makes me feel like the filmmaker was obsessed with her in real life in some way. It's kind of, it's, ugh. It's just, it's a little gross. Dude, uh, what if they actually had sex during that scene? If they did, they were doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Good found footage film that you should watch instead that is also about monsters, Troll Hunter. If you have not seen Troll Hunter, that movie is fucking fantastic. It is in Norwegian, so if you don't like subtitles... Sorry, but it's like, that is a really, really good found footage monster film. Where can we like, find that? That's a good question. Let me do a quick Google. Um, so Troll Hunter, it looks like it is not available for free streaming anymore, but it is like a, a fairly cheap rental on Google Play. It's like two ninety nine. dollars oh, is. Um, I, I highly recommend it. it is, it's, a, it's a bit of an indie film, so like don't expect crazy amazing special effects or anything but it is a found footage film about people hunting trolls in norway delightful highly Hmm. recommend so i mean with that i think that that's all we've got uh the last episode of season two is going to be our cryptid royale episode gosh i mean we still haven't decided what we want to do for that yet but i think you know we'll, we'll talk about it hopefully it'll be out sooner than this episode space cryptids space cryptids yeah space cryptids Space Cryptid Royale. But yeah, I mean, other than that, uh, everybody, of course, stay safe. I know it's still a, a weird time around the world. So hopefully us talking about this weird, horrible movie is a bright spot today. Um, but, you know, wear a mask. Don't go in giant crowds. Be safe. Thanks, everybody. Thanks again for listening to Cryptids Decrypted and the support you show us. Uh, you guys make it worth doing this, and we have a lot of fun doing the show. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of Cryptid Cinema. I'm really hoping that we're going to be back to do Cryptid Royale uh, sooner than we were with this episode. And, you know, we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll throw the theme out on Twitter at some point over the next few weeks when we figure that out. But until next time, stay safe. We really appreciate you, and uh, see you soon.